Easy holla if you hear me. Holla. What's up, big man? Mad Handle Podcast, episode two. Woo! So we made it to two, man. How are you feeling? Feeling good. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Episode two. Man, let's just like jump right into it. What do you think? Ton of news. Ton of news. Ton we got we got to start with we got to start with the Jimmy Butler trade. Well, hold on a second. Let's start off with some big Kev news. Okay. Can we jump into that? Sure. All right. Let me just break down this situation that happened to me this morning. Uh, I was actually bullied at a Seven Eleven today on my way to work. <laughs> oh man! Uh, and for oh, the listeners, man. I haven't heard heard this yet. So this is uh, this is genuine. This is yeah. Good. This I'm is excited. this is genuine. I think I only told one person about this and they just laughed at me the whole time so let me get into it um i get a nice cup of coffee i go up to the counter um by the way i just got this new denim jacket like like a month or two back it's like the freshest jacket i've ever had but um so i go up i go to pay for my coffee and the guy's just like that's gonna be two dollars and 23 cents cowboy and i'm just like this guy just call me a cowboy (laughs) I go to grab my wallet. Within a second later, the guy behind me is like, there you go, Eastwood. (laughs) I got double teamed at 7-Eleven. So I I look back and like once that guy said the Eastwood comment, I was like, all right, like I'm going to give it to this guy. Like, who is he? I turn around. The dude's like 6'2", 250. Looks like he drinks like a gallon of muscle milk. For like a midnight snack huge <laughs> i'm like all right you know i think i'm gonna let this one slide but yeah interesting interesting morning now i'm sorry just a quick a question about that yeah that little interaction um was there any did you pick up on any acknowledgement between the cashier and the guy behind you was there any smirking? Was there any like, like a quick wink or anything? Were they in cahoots? Is that what you're asking? Was, yeah. Was there an acknowledgement of the tag team insult? That's what I want to know. No, there wasn't. I don't think there was. Ooh, professionals. Like, I, I would have felt better about myself if they kind of like laughed at each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, nah, they, they were genuine in like how they bullied me this morning. Just silent assassins at 7-Eleven. Eight o'clock in the morning. That's how I started my day. Well, that's, that's one way to start a Monday. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. So, what do you say? Uh, what do you say we start this off? Get it going. I'm in. What do you think we should start it off with? I, I think, in light of the recent Jimmy Butler n- news, I think what was lost in all of this was a tweet from Jimmy Butler himself telling the fans what his his new uh, entrance music was going to be when they call him out during lineups. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't do know you if have, you heard. Do let's you have some sound up. from it? Yeah, let's cue it up. All right. Uh, this sounds familiar. Now, this <laughs> I think we've heard this before. Oh, okay. Fresh Prince is back. The, prince of a town the Fresh Prince of Philadelphia, huh? <laughs> Amazing. What a trade, huh? Like, I did not think that that was going to happen. 
after the drawn out process that this was, I was not expecting the Sixers to come in and, and scoop up Jimmy Butler. Dude, let's just break that down for a second. So, I mean, you know, Jimmy Butler goes to Philly for, I mean, Dario Saric and Robert Covington. I just, I guess it's the best that they could do at the time. But, like, I don't feel like that's equal value for Jimmy Butler. Well, you're forgetting about uh, there was a second round pick. Oh, okay, a second round pick. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe another Kuzma. Who knows? Was Kuzma a second rounder? I think late first, if late I remember correctly. First. Oh, boy, I think Start he was a Brooklyn pick. But I mean, let's be real. Tibbs isn't taking four future firsts. He's not going to be around for the next four years. He's trying to win now. So this was a move that I'm trying to get some players that fit my team, that I can win 48 games and sneak into the eighth seed again. I mean, yeah. It's it's not a goal that many teams have, but uh, it seems like that was the Minnesota Timberwolves goal from the start of this whole trade drama. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right on that. And like, the four first-round picks, they were going to be bottom first-round picks. Like, you still have Chris Paul on that team. You have James Harden. You're not going to get a top pick out of Houston for Jimmy Butler. 100%. So, but, I mean, Dario Saric and, like, Robert Covington, like, I think Saric is on the come-up for sure. Like, he showed it in the playoffs last year that, like, he can score the ball, you know, and Covington's a good three-point shooter. But, I mean, Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler. You know, like, what are your thoughts on Jimmy Butler? I don't know if the trades are going to work out that well. Why do you think that? Well, let's look at Jimmy Butler's recent history. Mm-hmm. He is on a bowl squad a couple years ago, comes up as that late first rounder, blossoms into this big time dude. In the shadow of D. Rose, D. Rose gets hurt. He fills the void. It's a whole big thing, right? Yeah. They were never able to coincide as two dominant dudes in, in Chicago. Yeah, true. Uh, it's funny how they wind up on the same team after that, though. They're great. Then they bring in Wade, and they try and go a little more with a more veteran-based team. They brought in Rondo. They had that whole squad. Yep. And then reports come out that Jimmy Butler's berating his teammates and saying that the yeah, the young guys don't want it as, as much as him. They don't play that hard. Yeah, sounds familiar. Heard that, heard that story, yeah. Then he gets traded to Minnesota, brings him to the first round of the playoffs, comes back and says how the young guys don't want it as much as him and they don't play hard. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's getting traded to a team – with two young stars. Yep. It's, you can never say who plays hard, who doesn't show effort. That's very hard, especially as NBA players. But uh, the past two times he's done this hasn't worked out well. Uh, it, it's, so he, forces way out, his, he forces his way out of two teams. And like, 100%. But he did go to the Sixers. I mean, if you're going to go anywhere, like, that's a pretty good landing spot for him. Agreed. I mean, he took – Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid need a guy like that. Ben Simmons is not a guy that can, like, hit the open shot. 
they need a guy like Jimmy Butler that when it's crunch time, you can give the ball to him and like he's going to make that bucket. Like he's going to be that clutch guy, crunch time, get him the ball and see what he could do with it, you know? Agreed. Now, what does their starting five look like moving forward? What do you think? So, I mean, you got, I feel like you got to go, um, you got to go Ben Simmons. You got to go JJ. Maybe you throw Jimmy Butler. Maybe Amir Johnson. Is he still on that team? Yeah, right? So you're going to go two bigs? Because you got to start in B, too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll go two bigs. Okay. Have Amir Johnson just do all the dirty work. Okay. What are you going with their starting five? All those same guys, but I'm going to start. I'm trying to start a shooter. I feel like they, they don't have enough shooting on that team. And what you just lost in Covington and, and Sarich, I feel that Covington's the perfect – or Covington, my, my apologies. Are to, he's exactly what you want in Philly. Doesn't need the ball. Can shoot spot-up threes, was like 38, 39% shooting spot-up threes. Yeah. I found this stat. What's that? Sarich and Covington accounted for a total of 43% of Ben Simmons' total assists. Wow. And 50% of his three-point assists. And to be both. How are you replacing that? Exactly. How are you replacing that? And I'm well, sorry, but you're not getting that from Amir Johnson. You're not. But you, I mean, you could get that from JJ. Just throw the ball to JJ. He starts already. He's already on that team. No, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like, it, it's going to be tough. But what I thought this team lacked was a guy that they could go into in crunch time. Like, yeah, you could go into Embiid, but you could double Embiid on the inside. And he's going to have to kick it out to somebody. But meanwhile... You can just give the ball to Jimmy Butler crunch time, and he's going to get that bucket for you. I agree. No, I, I definitely agree on that. I feel like when you think what was traded to get Jimmy Butler, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. I just don't think they're done making moves. I mean, I'm sure they're going to want to. I mean, that, that's, that's the thing here. Like, Ben Simmons is not a shooter. So, like, you're going to have to find guys that, like, when he penetrates and he kicks it out to someone, you're going to have to find guys that can knock down that shot. And like you said, and I do agree with you that Sarich and Covington, like, were those guys. Now, I don't know if you smell that, but I, I don't know. I can get it over here on my end. I'm smelling a Kyle Korver trade. <laughs> okay. Oh, I like that, actually. Get him out of that miserable Cleveland situation. They've been trying to trade him, too, from what I read. I wonder what it will take, but um, I'd love to see him. You need to surround these guys with three-point sh- shooters. Simmons is afraid to shoot, and Bede can't really shoot the three that well. I think he's a 32% three-point shooter, which n- not that that's bad as a big dude, but you don't want a guy who shoots 32% taking five, six threes a game. No, true. and. I think that they'll definitely have to go the trader out to um to fill that void because I don't think it's coming from within that team right now. But True. like going forward, like in as the Eastern Conference as a whole, like where do you see this team going? Because right now, I see Boston kind of on the decline. They have not gotten their shit together like at all. I see Toronto as the top dog because I mean, mm-hmm. I mean they're they're just crushing right now. Yep, but. 
I mean, top three team. Like, they, they, I mean, they were there before, but I think they're entrenched there. Like, this is going to be an Eastern Conference Finals team. I think what this did was this brought them up or put them in the conversation with a Boston and a Toronto. Yeah. Because we saw last year how, how much, as much as Boston's young, they do have dudes who have been there. Kyrie's been there. So, like, you saw that in the playoffs where they, when they really catered their team, their defensive scheme to the Sixers, they shot them down. They did. Yeah. They to shoot. They, they just double teamed Embiid and he, he was forcing shots. So, I feel like this, this makes it a better opportunity for them in the playoffs against them. But I, I still put a Toronto and Boston above them in the East. Still put Boston above them. They'll figure it out. It's not like it's the def- it's on defense where they're messing up. It's offense. And I feel like they're just trying to get Hayward back into it. They're trying to figure out how to spread out the minutes. Yeah. I, I just don't see how a lineup with Kyrie, Horford, Hayward, Brown, and Tatum doesn't start dominating eventually. Yeah, I, I do agree on that. But just having a guy like Jimmy Butler, I mean, the dude wants to win, and he might not go about it the right way all the time, <laughs> but, like, he wants to win. Like, and going at, like, your teammates, like, just, just that uh, article by uh, Adrian Wojnarowski on ESPN where he basically said that, I mean, Jimmy Butler and a bunch of bench players beat the starting lineup for the Timberwolves in a practice, and, like, Jimmy Butler dominated that game. Like, I think that's the kind of effect that he has and that he can have on a team like Philly where he can get these younger guys to play to a different level. And, I mean, I am saying this. Like, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves are soft. Their young players are soft. I don't think that's the same thing with the 76ers. I think Embiid and Ben Simmons are tougher players, and I think that Jimmy Butler will get the best out of them. I agree. Um, I mean, the Sixers are already one of the top defensive teams in the league. Mm-hmm. And now you add in, and that's usually like where the learning curve is with young players is on, <laughs> the, defensive, on the defensive side of the ball, and they yeah. still have it. But what I'm looking forward to is the, the, just the different type of shit-talking coming from Embiid moving forward. Yeah. Imagine Butler chirping in his ear. Um, Embiid already runs his mouth. Now he's going to have Jimmy Butler chirping in his ear, just egging him on. Oh, I think it's going to be great. Oh, big time. First of all, I think the memes coming out of that team are going to be amazing. Because <laughs> yep. Embiid and Jimmy Butler already are like top dogs in the meme game. Like, I don't know if you like saw the ringer when they did their top me- memes of the season, but like Butler was up there twice. Like Embiid was up there. Like these guys are going to. If they're not going to win the championship, they're going to win the meme championship. <laughs> I agree. I'm looking forward to that. But but now I feel like we've spoken a lot about the Sixers. Yeah. Let's see how. Let's see the other side of this trade. H- how does this work out for Minnesota moving forward? <sighs> I mean, I, I just just to break it down for you for a second. The Minnesota Timberwolves traded Laurie Markkinen, who, I mean, I, it was a draft pick, but the Bulls drafted Laurie Markkinen with the pick that was traded. So it was Laurie Markkinen, Chris Dunn, and Zach Levine for essentially Dario Saric and Robert Covington. 
that's not going to get it done, Tibbs. Like, that's a very bad trade. When you put it like that, it doesn't does not have a nice sound to it. I, I mean, Zach Levine is like averaging twenty seven points a game right now. The dude has taken it to the next level. He's fully recovered, and he's he's gonna be. I'm telling you right now, he's gonna be a superstar in the league, and oh. it's starting right now. Like, oh, as if it wasn't before with his the the dunk contest. Like now, his game's like rounding into shape. He's gonna be a superstar in this league. All right. Well, for the listeners, I'm sorry. I get a let's put a bet on that. I'm convinced Zach Levine is a good stats, bad team guy. Oh, well, no, huh? I'll put some money on it. No way does he reach superstar status. How no much way. we talking? How much we talking? A hundred bucks in a Texas Roadhouse meal? Ooh, uh, okay. I'm in. I- I'm Shake in. on it? Shake on it. All right. The fans heard it, so it's up there now. <clears throat> now, within, now, we got to put a time on it, though. We got to give him what? A year or two? Or two years? Will what Texas you... Roadhouse still be there in two years? Oh. <laughs> Is that the... <laughs> That's no, the losing part I'm of the sure, bet. I'm, I'm sure they're, they're doing great. I'm sure <laughs> the money's flowing in there. But, just give um, me the peanuts. <laughs> just give me the free peanuts, please. Yeah, just I want to throw them on the floor. Not even eat them. I just want to <laughs> throw peanuts on the floor. <laughs> but just going back to the Timberwolves, man, like, my whole thing about that team is that they're soft as baby shit. Like, I don't know if you've seen – I don't know if you saw the Timberwolves um, when they played the Lakers. Carl Anthony Towns was getting worked by Tyson Chandler. Every time they threw the ball into Towns, Tyson Chandler was bodying him. I saw that. 36-year-old Tyson Chandler, too. Yeah. Like, dude, you're supposed to be that low-post guy. You can't even work your way back to the hoop. Against Tyson, I understand Tyson Chandler is like a defensive player of the year one time. Was he a defensive player of the year? Yeah, but that was 2011, 2012, maybe 2012, I think, on the Knicks. It's a long time ago. He hasn't been a top defensive guy in a while. Yeah, so if you can't work him at your young age, like, I don't know, like, what you're going to be able to do in this league. I understand he puts up big numbers. I'll put another bet out that that dude's never going to come close to winning a championship. Ever. Yeah, we don't even have to bet. I agree with you on that one. I, he just, for me, he he floats too much in and out of games. Big time. And, and the for, same you thing forget with he's Wiggins. on the floor. Yeah, the same thing with Wiggins, too. Like, I completely understand Jimmy Butler calling them pussies because I, I agree. Yeah. Like, they're well, just... Yeah. Let's run with the trade here before we, we, we keep dismissing them. I think Covington and Sarich are two big-time upgrades for that starting five. I agree, but, like, do they replace Jimmy Butler and what he could do? No, but are you giving a path to hopefully having Towns eventually figure it out or have him well, at least just – shit or get off the pot, you know? <laughs> like, it's either you are yeah. a star player or you're not. We're paying you like it. Well, here's the bigger question. Are they Tom Thibodeau guys? Because not everyone so. could play with him, man. Like, you've seen it. True. But if you think of who they are, a Covington's a 3 and D guy, your yeah. prototypical 3 and D guy, where it doesn't take the ball out of, t- out of Towns or Wiggins' hand. 
fans. And let's be real, Rose doesn't pass. We saw that for a year. Big so time. you've got those three ball dominant guys. So at least he can just hit the spot up shot. And then if you have Saric run as a four, he's a playmaker. He can feed Towns in the post. I, I think you got to go a four and out. I mean, um, you have Towns as your five, Sarge four, Covington three, Wiggins two, and then you start whether Teague? it's Teague. Yeah, I mean, Tyus Jones. If Teague is, is back, I feel like Teague's got to start. But in the meantime, Tyus Jones, then you let D Rose keep trying to score 40 a night. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> that's simple, huh? I just, I don't get Minnesota's think like, Get rid of Thibodeau. Like, the dude runs his players in. I don't understand why people love him so much, first of all. He runs his players into the ground. The teams that, like, he coaches are, like, really not that fun to watch. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. Yes, he seems to be very outdated. Yeah. And, like, I think he was an assistant on, like, those 90 Nick teams with Jeff Van Gundy, which, yep. like, was awesome for 90s basketball. but. In this day and age, like, you're, it's not the same type of game. And you're, you really don't play that much defense. You know what I mean? Which is he was supposed to be the defensive guru for this team, and it just hasn't translated. I don't understand. Well, it's because you have soft as baby shit players. Yeah, I guess it's as easy as that, right? <laughs> I guess so. But um, I think overall, I think Philly won this trade. And I think that the Bulls also – matter-of-factly won this trade, too. Yeah. Yeah, we can agree on that. Perfect. Look at us just agreeing. Two fucking peas in the pod over here. Well, we do have a, a side bet, so it's not all agreeing. That's true. That's true. We got a yeah. side bet going on. All right, what do, you th- what do you say we move on a little bit away from all this Jimmy Butler nonsense as if we didn't haven't heard enough out of him? Yeah, it's time to move on, and it's time for me to pour one out from a boy who's your boy we're gonna move on to carmelo anthony and the recent news or the the rumors i should say because it hasn't happened yet that the rockets are in talks of moving on from carmelo anthony i mean i could have seen saw this coming you know what i mean like of course that this is the one player that it would happen to is carmelo anthony Agreed, I guess. But what I did here today was I'd like to start this off with a recent Stephen Jackson quote. When you know he's quoting or posting to social media, you know it's it's buzzworthy. So, so let's start it off with our quote from Stephen Jackson. Let's do it. Me, AI, and a couple other players. They're trying to blackball Melo. Why the season just starting? Why they coming up and saying your time with the team is almost up and the season's just starting? You see what I'm saying? They're trying to blackball Melo and put him, push him out the league and make sure it looks like he can't play no more or make sure it looks like every team he goes to, he's a problem or he's a cancer on the team in the locker room. Which- uh, he sucks, dude. Like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding? Why are they making him look like he's a cancer and he can't play? Because he can't play anymore. I hear you. I hear everything you're saying. 
as a you're a Nick, you saw this coming. Like who who didn't see this coming? Listen, all I can say is I know I always like Stephen Jackson. Yeah, uh, I mean, great. I knew I always liked Stephen Jackson. He just he just thugging it. Like Stephen Jackson is just an NBA thug. Love it. But can we be real here? What did the Rockets think they were getting when they signed him on the veterans' minimum $2.4 million deal? <sighs> did they think they were getting the NBA leading score, the Mellow? Did they think they were getting the number one option, Mellow? They just saw him flame out in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. He hasn't played de- defense in five years. Defense? He hasn't played defense since, like, the beginning of time. Let's not give him any <laughs> But, like, I don't know what they were expecting from Mello. I feel like the team's five and seven. Yeah. I'm really sorry, but Mello's not the reason why that team's five and seven. What what do you attribute that? I mean, here's the thing. Like, I feel like every team he goes to, there's just an aura around the team where it's just like he's the cancer. He doesn't play defense. He does not pass the ball. And I feel like it just trickles down to like every part of that organization that it just, he just flames out there. He brings down everybody with him. And that's why you're seeing this star. I understand there's other like factors into it, but like, it's just funny that everywhere he goes, there's always problems. Everywhere he goes, there's always an issue. (laughs) It's, it's embarrassing for him. Like, I mean, the legacy that he did have was like, what that uh you know great scorer great scorer carmelo anthony like no one's even said that he's a great player it's mostly he's a great scorer that is true and if you just look at a couple of the other guys that he from his draft class he has not adapted as well as a d wade who accepted his lesser role back on the big three with the heat yeah even there he just, he just wanted rings he just wanted to win and he knew that, all right, I got to let LeBron run this and I could be number two. Yeah. And I thought for sure that this was going to be an opportunity where Melo could kind of stand there and hit his shots. But on the Rockets team, when your three-pointer's not falling and you can't play D and every team is picking on you in the pick and roll, you, you're played off the floor. Exactly. You're like, played off the floor. There's no room for you. I th- I- what was it? I read somewhere that he had more turn. Was it turnovers than had like points scored and like rebounds and like all that? I'm sorry. It was more missed shots than he had makes rebounds and assists. Oof. That's embarrassing. This is a guy that like people are saying could be like a, a top 50 player in the league. Like get the fuck out of here. No way. No chance. He is a Hall of Famer. You can't say no. He is, but, I mean, he hasn't been that, like, Denver Nuggets, mellow, above-the-rim player since he got traded to the Knicks. And I think that's where it all started to go downhill from him. Yeah, he definitely he, – uh, he started that old man game very early. Very early. I, 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 no, yeah, go for it. Remember the year when he got 
stuffed by the rim on a dunk. I was just about to say that's like one of my lasting impressions of him. I don't. The play stopped. The yep. play stopped, and he was like, "You know, I'm just going to dunk this right now." Got stuffed by the rim and fell on his back. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> and that was years ago. So. As much as I want to stick up for him, it's tough, man. It's tough, Mello. I'm trying. You're not giving me much. There's always the, the Mello truthers, the Mello fans. Like, they're the few, but you just can't. Like, enough is enough with the guy. Like, go play in China. I'm sure China will build you a statue just like Starberry. Like, but Him and Jimmer? Jimmer. Jimmer scored 75 points a couple of nights ago. You see that? I think Melo could drop 80. He was like 24 of 34. Like, that's pretty impressive. Like, no matter where you're playing. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, go for it. In light of the news of him getting bought out, let's discuss what are some some possible landing spots for Melo. Because I don't think he's out of the league. I think there's – as much as he is – not the player he once was. You're telling me some team can't find a roster spot for Carmelo Anthony. You're telling me there's a 13, 14, 15th guy on the bench that's better than Carmelo Anthony. Do you think he accepts that? It's either that or, or you're out of the league. So, I mean, it's a quick reality check. Like, I'm not too you know, familiar with the, the China league. So I don't know any of their teams, but I would say some team in China could pick him up. I don't see any NBA teams picking him up. Do you? Okay. So I have three potential teams that I wouldn't mind him playing for. I wouldn't mind them just reaching out. Let's take a little flyer on Melo. Why not? Take a little flyer on Melo. Okay. Who are these guys? Who are these teams? Okay. Well, Number one, the team we started this podcast talking about, the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, my God. We mentioned, hear me out, but we mentioned before how they're in need of some floor spacers. They is, have is Carmelo a Simmons. floor spacer? Is he anything else? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't see, I don't see anything in this game that, like, is a positive anymore. Oof. Oof. I know he's not shooting the three well. We're only about 12 games into the season. I still can't believe they're cutting bait on him this soon. <laughs> it but says a lot. It says a lot about a player. I agree. All right. I, I think the Sixers could reach out because they're in desperate need of someone to stretch the floor, and why not take a chance on a dude who's going to make the veterans minimum? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking now, did you see the quote from Kyrie post game yesterday? No, what did he say? How the Celtics are in need of a veteran, someone who's played, you know, 15 to 16 years in the league <laughs> that can help them through the up and downs of the regular season and get them ready for a postseason run. Mellow's going to get you ready for a postseason run? Just I forget. So he's drafted in 03. How many, how many seasons has Melo been in the NBA? He's been in a bunch. He's been around there, that, that 15, 16 mark. I think Kyrie's specifically asking for Melo. 
Oh, I think that's, I mean, that's just a train that's going down the wrong tracks there, dude. <laughs> like they're already struggling. You add that personality, that just like his mentality on that team. Like, I don't think it's good. I, I agree. I was very surprised when I saw Kyrie make that, but I also don't know who else he's, he's referencing. Who could he possibly be talking about? I don't know. That's a, that's a great question. I don't know if anyone's available like that for the Boston Celtics. But, I mean, listen, Brad Stevens is supposed to be this, you know, coaching guru. He's supposed to, you know, be this, like, analytical guy. Like, he's supposed to put his players in positions to succeed. And uh, I don't think they're doing that right now. I agree. I, I agree. But you also got to, I mean, in the East, you have some games to play with, so – especially in the beginning of the year, you want to test out some new lineups and try some different combinations to see who, who works. You got to let Hayward get his footing back, you know? Yeah, they're a playoff team regardless. So I think getting that out of the way now would probably be the right decision for them. Exactly. So who's this, who's this other team that you got? I can't wait to hear this. Final team. You're trying to make, you're trying to make a lasting impression. Yeah, bring in a Hall of Famer to show your star player that you mean business. Okay, and I'm referencing the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh my God, I I thought you were gonna say the Lakers. You're dropping the fucking New Orleans Pelicans on me. Oh, well, let's be real. Yeah, LeBron knows better. Magic knows better. They're not For sure. No, For, they're not bringing in Mello. T- time out. Is Mello a banana boat guy? He's on the banana boat, right? I think so. <laughs> Maybe he does go to the Lakers. I could see it, but I don't know. I think LeBron knows better than that. I think he knows that he just doesn't have it anymore. By but Del Demps, on the other hand. <sighs> okay, well, let's hear it. How many bonehead moves has he made as a GM? How many picks has he traded away? How, how many times has he tried to impress Anthony Davis with ridiculous signings? Yeah. I mean, on it, all right. I'll give you some ridiculous signings. But, I mean, the Julius Randle signing has been an insane positive for them. He's coming off the bench, and he's averaging like 18 and 8 a game. I agree. He's been a stud. So, like – if he's coming off your bench, what are you doing? Are, are you you're signing Melo to be the second guy off the bench, the third guy, or are you, are you putting him in the starting lineup? Oh, no. I definitely don't want to start Melo. Um, <laughs> but that's a, that's a like, ravishing review of Carmelo Anthony now. Well, because you're not going to have him start over Miritich at the four, so, so you're going to have Melo play the three? He can't play the three. He can't guard any. He can't guard any position. But I don't think he could play the three right now either. Exactly. And Randall comes in as your four, maybe small ball five. I feel like you're telling me Melo can't play after Solomon Hill, Etwan Moore, these kind of guys on the Pelicans. Like that's true. And dude, honestly, I'm kind of hating on your Del Demsa hate, dude. I mean, he got Miritich. Miritich is averaging, like, he's, he's having, a, like, a really good fucking year. He's averaging 20 and, like, close to 12 rebounds a game. He's just excited because nobody wants to punch him in the face. Oh, my. Leave him alone, all right? Get <laughs> a rough go of it. Shout out to Bobby Portis. But, 
I'm kind of surprised that that team like kind of hasn't taken off yet. Because they're that one missing piece away. The mellow. Stay mellow. <laughs> Stay mellow. That's it. Uh, I mean, they're at 500 right now. I feel like they have a pretty good roster already. Like they, it might not be great, but having a roster of Holiday, Randall, Davis. I mean, you got some castoffs with J- Jalel Okafor and Alfred Payton, but I mean, it's not a terrible roster. I think it's pretty well put together. They just haven't. Okay, I want to. I, I want to backtrack. Read me those top four guys again, and then try not to laugh as the names fall off a cliff after the top four. So, oh, so who did I, I named Anthony Davis, Julius Randle, Drew Holiday, and I kind of got into Okafor. <laughs> and then, all right, so I'll give you Miritich as a top four. Okay. So then I'm going Okafor, uh, Alfred Payton. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, not that great. Yeah. Then you got your cast offs. You got your Wesley Johnson, your Solomon Hills, Ian Clarks. Oh, it's not great, but it's not a terrible roster. Like, it's a much better roster than our team, the New York Knicks, I feel like. True. True. And I'm not condoning for uh, – I don't want to bring Melo back here. <laughs> no, please no, 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 no. Stay away. I don't care how good of a friend you are with Lance Thomas. Stay away. <laughs> Let, did, you, did you read his quotes? Like he, Lance Thomas apparently like loves Carmelo Anthony. I remember the article in the Tribune. Too yeah. much. Too much, dude. Like you do understand that, like the Nick fan base, like we do not like this guy. Like I don't like him. Maybe some other people do, but as a diehard Nick fan, like stay the hell away from Madison Square Garden, please. <laughs> But yeah, man, uh, you know, we have our first guest of this show, which is pretty cool. Dr. Cameron Einerman coming on in a little bit to discuss Porzingis' ACL tear, ACL tears in general, and why we're seeing it so much more in sports. Did you say Dr. Cameron Einerman? It's uh, not a big deal. We got a doctor on the show. Resident, chief and staff, doctor. Staff, Dr. Cameron Einerman. <laughs> what do you say we cut it to that interview? Let's do it. Awesome. Here we go. Dr. Cameron Einerman, everybody. Dr. Cameron, paging Dr. Cameron. Can you hear us? I can. Thank you, Kev. What's up? You got Big Kevin Easy E on the line. What's up, Doc? How you doing, Eric? You doing your arm circles? Oh, I'm working hard. Doing arm circles every day. Everyone's doing their arm circles. Cameron, special guest here, our first guest on the podcast. Thanks a lot for taking the time out and joining us here. Thank you for having me during the Giants game on a Monday night. <laughs> no problem. No problem. I mean, they're one in seven, right? So I think you could win for some time after. for us. All right. Uh, let's get this started here. Uh, Cameron, let me rattle off a few names for you. Uh, Christophs Porzingis, Jabari Parker, Zach Levine, Brandon Knight, Birdman Chris Anderson, Dante Exum, and Jarrett Jack. Those are just some of the few names that have recently torn their ACL that have played in the NBA. Uh, like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I feel like we never really heard about this injury before, but like in today's day and age in sports, like you're 
it's coming up all the time. A lot of a lot of people training incorrectly nowadays, honestly. Trying to work with powerlifting coaches, CrossFit, these bodybuilders doing non-athletic training to their specific sport. They're not training correctly. So when they go onto a basketball court, they try to cut. They have no control of their knees, their hips, their ankles. Their body's all out of whack. They're jumping, they're landing, and they're just collapsing in, and there goes the knee. Now, do you contribute that to, like, just, like, not doing the, like, proper stretching or, like, working those muscles? Like, so you're saying basically to specialize in how they're training? Yeah, if you, you know, if you are a basketball player, train to your sport. You train on a basketball court with basketball-like activities, but incorporating other types of training with stability and mobility with it. So you're doing a single leg activity, which you're maybe standing on one leg, shooting a basketball, which mimics what you're going to be doing on a basketball court, putting a band around the knee, forcing someone to have to work their knee in a controlled phase while they're shooting, passing, dribbling, anything that is specific to their sport. If you're playing baseball, don't grab a sledgehammer and start swinging out a tire. Work on specific mechanics of pitching, things like that. Now, is this more on? On, on a team, because doesn't a team eat, like provide these players with specialized weight and conditioning coaches and all different? They do. There's a little bit of politics, we'll say, with that regarding who maybe specifically works for the teams. Also, athletes also choose who they privately work with. So then there's also that kind of clash between who the athletes are working with within the organization with who they're working with privately. You know, big. Big shout out to Tom Brady over there with TB12. So you're a fan of that. You're a fan of TB12. No, not not one bit. <laughs> no, I'm, I read you completely wrong there. What what do you not like about it? Uh, no comment. I'm going to keep it professional on the podcast. Okay. All right. I'll plead the fifth on that one. We'll talk privately, Kev. Plead the fifth. One, two, three, four, fifth. Okay, I got you. I got you. All right. Let me just – let's just get into Kristaps Porzingis. He was the first name I rattled off on that list of uh, recent ACL injuries. Yep. I mean, Big we're Nick all Nick fans here. here. What was that? Big Nick fan over here as well. So That's what I'm saying. We're all big Nick fans here. So uh, we definitely have heard about the recent drama with him and Fizdale and his recovery. Um, what are your thoughts on, like, just the whole – his whole injury and his recovery right now? Maybe stay off the social media, for one. That might be uh, one thing. <laughs> Have a little communication between the coach and the player because that's going to cause a little bit of an issue. Um, but with his recovery, I mean, he's – we were talking about this before, about nine months out of the ACL at this point. Yeah. So theoretically, with most, I'll say, quote-unquote, average-sized people, at that point, yeah, they'll be running, probably sprinting depending on their stability someone who's seven foot three and a high level athlete, it's kind of unprecedented at this point. So you gotta, there's specific precautions you kind of have to take before he's sprinting. Is he able to sprint? Can his knee support it? Is he able to accelerate? Is he able to decelerate? If there is, for some reason, you know, he's sprinting, I think it was on a track field basically. So is there a divot in the turf? Can he, if there is the divot, can he support that? So there's a lot of factors. So theoretically, I'm hoping that whoever he's working with took those precautions prior to taking him out to that field, sprinting with him. 
Gotcha. Maybe though, maybe they should have probably informed the team that if that was what he was doing privately with someone, just so you know. Yeah, and the blemishes. And I think that's where the Knicks come in. I mean, there's always just miscommunication with the the team and its star players, and I feel like this is just like another blemish just, on that. Just, an, just another hiccup that the Knicks organization adds to the list in the last five to ten years, unfortunately. <laughs> So now this may seem like a, a weird question, but you kind of touched on it earlier. Since he is not a normal size, he's seven three. Does he have? He has a different timetable than, say, a point guard who tears his ACL, who's six five, six six, and a little more towards the uh, normal height. I guess you could say. Right. Um, yeah. So realistically, there is that timetable that you're going to be looking under. So. There's normal healing time of tendons, bones, and ligaments, depending on also the type of graft that he had done. That's going to also affect the healing. I'm not specifically sure what graft was done, but that's also going to affect how his quadricep rehabs, how his hamstring possibly rehabs, how his patella rehabs. So those all have to be factored into it. There are specific tests that can be done to determine is the ligament strong enough to support single leg and stability there's specific athletic testing and there's specific machine testing it's called isokinetic testing which they could possibly be doing to determine is he strong enough to perform but again it is unprecedented so no matter how much testing you do it's kind of you have to roll with the punches a little bit with it hey uh quick question so the isokinetic testing that's what you said right yeah. Does that have anything to do with ISOZO, Alonzo Trier, or no? Or is that two different things? The future? <laughs> exactly. The John 2.0? Yeah. So, just one thing I wanted to get into, because I feel like last year, whenever we watched Porzingis play, there was, like, at least one play every game where you kind of, like, thought that he was going to get hurt. You're like, oh. There was, there was, I remember, at least two or three games prior in the season where he went down, twisted the knee, yeah. and you thought that was it. Yeah, and it just, um, like, it culminated into that, boom. Right. Tornado. So, I mean, again, with him, seven foot three, you're working on – if he's not – yeah, he, they're working – I know that he put on 15, 20 pounds in the last two years. That's great. But regardless of – it depends on where the muscle's put in. Is his core strong enough to support his body when he's driving and moving? He's an agile seven foot three. He's a gazelle. You know, he's a unicorn. Yeah. So, as he's running, as he's landing, can his body support him landing? landing on one leg as he's jumping off of a dunk, landing off of a dunk. Can he support that? Can he land after someone's elbowing or giving a little shove? So, I mean, theoretically, training-wise, they needed to train specific, They need to train specifically for that, working on hip strength, ankle strength, core strength. That's all has to be factored into it. No, you're definitely right about that. Uh, Easy, you want to touch on that a little bit? Um, so – We've been focused a lot on his injury itself. Um, as a Nick fan, I don't want to see him back on the court this year. Absolutely not. Okay. So I'm asking you, but now let's keep out the fact that we want to tank and we want to get Zion and we want to get all these other top picks. As far as just from a medical standpoint, is, it, is there any benefit to him coming back this season? 
is there a benefit to him coming back this season? Well, if he's back in in form and he's ready to go, is there a benefit to him playing now over than taking the entire year off, another off season, and then start fresh next season? Um, benefit wise, other than possibly getting back, you know that that basketball feel, that basketball touch. Mm-hmm. In regards to his knee, no, because I mean, so let's think about it. He'll three months from now he'll be twelve months out, which will be a year out of ACL, which back you know, five to 10 years ago, that was kind of the standard about a year out. And then kind of start with Adrian Peterson, where all these athletes were coming back seven, eight months. And now it's kind of the norm a little bit. So he's a little bit kind of passive. I think Flacco came back eight months after his ACL. So, I mean, yeah. a year out, which is three months from three months from now, February. So how much time is left in the season at that point? A month and a half? I mean, about that. Yeah, not really, theoretically, other than, again, getting that basketball feel. But that basketball feel kind of stops when the season ends again. And, the, sure. and we know the Knicks aren't making playoffs. So, it's so, not... so here's the thing. Like, this is not even, like, a medical question. Now, if we don't get him on the court, like, when we're trying to attract free agents here, they're going to want to know, like, if he can yeah, so, be the player that he is. Like, Right. So, actually, so that's a good point, actually. And that's kind of – more leans to what Eric, I guess, is saying benefit-wise for him and for the Knicks, for the organization of, look, he's healthy. He can still play at the level he was prior to the ACL. So in that regard, yeah, there's a benefit, I guess. But it is true. I mean, if teams don't see him playing, you know, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, all these free agents want to play with Porzingis, but if, if they don't know he's healthy, that's a huge question mark for them. Exactly. And, I mean, I know Isozo and you got – Tim Hardaway Jr. coming here for the future, but yeah, that's not much. Though. That's not, I don't think that's really enticing enough, unfortunately, for uh, <laughs> any big names to come here. So now going forward, like, do you think that he can get back to his pre-injury form? I mean, he was he was I feel like he was going to take that next step, but you just kept looking at him and he just looked fragile. He just looked like that's what it I was. Mean, I feel like. He was ready to take the next steps, and then every time he was about to kind of leap off to that next step, it was like an ankle twist, a knee twist, and then to be a small little step back. Yeah. So, I mean, again, taking that extra maybe time this season off training for until next year, really taking that 18, 19 months off, he should be able to get his body then to a level that he was at and better than prior to the injury, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I hope that can happen. He's still he's still young. That's the one thing people I don't think forget. But it is he's been in the league a couple of years now. But he's not he's not twenty eight twenty nine years old. He's still a kid. True. He's still growing. It it's funny because like I've seen like his workout videos like on Instagram even going into last year, and like he's doing like shoulder shrugs with like ten pound weights, and I'm just like, dude, like a kindergartner could do that. Like, come on. <laughs> going up, going up against Joel Embiid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait, how would he the size of a door? He's just going to work him. So, I mean, that's the thing, though. His body type, I don't know if he's ever getting to the Dwight Howard, Joel Embiid, that size. So, question. But that doesn't mean that he can't get strong and powerful. No, I agree. Like, look at Giannis. Like, when he came into the league, he was a little boy. And, like, now he, like, he's put on, like, that Dwight Howard muscle where he's actually bulking oh, yeah. up and big. Again, it's, it's all how you're training. Well, so, KP's not training the right way. No. <laughs> so, 
Latvian diet might need to change a little bit, possibly. <laughs> For sure. Oh, my God. Um, so going over, like, just – I think we didn't even, like, really touch on, like, what exactly happens when you tear your ACL? Like, what part of the knee is affected? And, like, what does it, like, prevent players from really doing? I mean, if Cameron, if you could touch on that a little bit. Yeah, so – Plain and simple, the ACL is one of the major ligaments that supports and stabilizes the knee. So basically prevents the tibia, which is that lower leg bone, that bone right on that shin that you can feel, mm-hmm. from gliding forward onto that femur, that top bone, that big leg bone that we all know about. Okay. So as someone tries to land, if that ligament isn't there, that translation happens, that stability is gone and that knee is collapsing in so that in addition also prevents some rotary force so a rotation so as you're landing that's usually like when you're seeing that non-contact injury someone goes to cut someone lands and their knee kind of looks like it kind of dips inward and then they kind of collapse down Mm -hmm. if that ligament is not able to support it and it just tears and I think a lot has to do with it. Again, you talk, we're talking about the prevalence of it increasing drastically with all sports, honestly. Yeah. Football, baseball, basketball, soccer, all sports now. It's, I think it's too, not training specifically enough, but also overtraining, not giving your body that ample time to actually rest. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, these guys are going right into the off-season, like, conditioning programs. They're not really taking time off to rest, like, going right. right from the season to... That, it's also... Or you have the guys who aren't really taking that true time off or taking too much time off in the off-season, not training at all, and then they go right to playing. I mean, we just saw Des Bryant get signed by the Saints. Two days later, tears the Achilles. Yeah. He's done for a year. He's been out for the entire season, right? Been hanging out. Poor Des. He has been training theoretically, but if not specifically enough to his football activity, so he goes back too quickly, his body's not conditioned enough, and there it goes. Similar type of concept. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're completely right. I mean, with the one positive with the ACLs, fortunately, is that they have made some major advancements in the last, you know, three to five years with ACL repairs, rehabs, and recoveries. Athletes are getting back at a quicker rate with a high recovery rate at this point. And it's not as, I'll say, deadly to a career as it used to be. Big shout out to Derek Rose. Obviously, we see what he's doing right now. 50. So, 50. 50, then five, I think 40, some 30-point games. So back to old form. And he had towards, towards ACL, what, 2000? It was like right after that MVP year. Yeah, 13, because MVP year is 11. Yeah, I think. It's right yeah. around there, yeah. So, we'll see, though. I mean, the big thing is, as long as they're, with Przingis specifically, they're following whatever protocol that they have determined between the surgeons, the professionals, the organization, as long as they're following that specifically, hopefully we see a perfect recovery. He comes back, and he's even better than he was before. I gotcha, gotcha. Well, listen, Cameron, we could talk about this all day. But I know you got to get back to sipping on your Moscow mules, taking some engagement pictures. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I'll happy to let you get back to that. We do appreciate it, though. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Dr. Cam. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Do your arm circles. I'm working on it. Thank you. 
Yeah, if you could take anything out of this interview, it's just to keep doing your arm circles, people. <laughs> Shout out right, to thanks, Sparacio Physical Therapy. Let us know if you guys need anything. Yeah, drop that sponsor right there. Can you say that one more time for the fans? Sparacio Physical Therapy, New York Sports Club in Hicksville. Shout out. Come let me know if you need anything. That's Dr. Cameron Eiderman, everybody. Thanks, Cam. Thanks, guys. All right. Again, thank you to Cameron Eiderman for that interview. I mean, easy. What would you think of it? That was awesome. Very insightful. I got to hear about the uh, some firsthand experience with uh, treating ACLs and what we can expect with KP coming back. And I kind of agree with him. Let's sit him out all year. Oh, yeah, for sure. No need to rush back. No need. Like, this guy's the cornerstone. We need him next year. This year, we need to lose. Can we just <laughs> can we start a campaign? Like, is there, like, a GoFundMe that we can, like, pay, like, James Dolan? Like, get Zion here. Like, GoFundMe. <laughs> Stop playing. Don't play KP. Fucking trade Cantor. Like, let's just lose, please. <laughs> A tank for Zion. Tank for Zion. Dude, what do you say we jump into some heat check and grab some posters? Heat check. Heat check. Heat check. Man, I don't think I've had one heat check in my life. I just like I hit like one or two shots and then like I'll be like, oh, I'm feeling it right now, and then clank one off the rim. You should have saw me yesterday at LA Fitness. Hot fire. Yeah, right. Okay. Hot fire. Let's get into it. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got? First topic on heat check. Okay. First topic on heat check is I am looking forward to the debut of Jimmy Butler on the 76ers tomorrow night versus the Magic. Dude, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how that how quickly that she, that team gels together. Um, you know, Brent Brown, San Antonio Spurs guy, you know, he's from that uh coach pop tray. Yep. So um, let's see how he does, like, gelling this team together. I feel like they have the right pieces. We'll see. I think the most important test is it's not so much going to be the Magic on Wednesday, but when they have to play the Jazz on Friday and then Saturday night versus the Hornets. Saturday night versus the Hornets. That's a W. But, um, some, some tougher competition later on in the week. So let's see how they gel. That's true. Let's talk a little bit about that second team you said there, uh, the team that they're going to be playing. That, that's tomorrow night, right? Julie, uh, Jimmy Butler's debut. First, the Magic. Yep. Yeah, the Magic, who just absolutely wiped the floor with the Knicks last night. <laughs> Which is like what you want to say, right? Like you kind of want to see that. I don't know how many times we could say it, but Tank for Zion. Tank for Zion. Do you want to just, like, rename the podcast Tank for Zion? <laughs> but, dude, look, it was just it, – it's kind of discouraging. Like, I feel like I want to see the Knicks, like, lose, but lose close games. And last yes. night w- was not a close game. Like, they didn't even – like, they had no fight in them. Yeah, that was a blowout from the jump. You would think that uh, Coach Fizz would kind of get that team ready to play, you know, um, a magic team that's, you know, not that great. Agreed. Yeah, he especially now. We just came off that Raptors loss. They got to be a little more pumped up going into an easier game. Yep, and they clearly were not. But 
like we said, it's okay because we're tanking for Zion. That's it. All right, man. What are we jumping into? Are we getting into posters or what? It's time for, for some posters of the week. Time for some posters. What are you starting off with? Who's your poster right now? Okay, so my poster is unfortunately not from this week, but it's going to be a throwback to the same week, but uh, I, think it was, I think it's nine years ago. This is my favorite dunk of all time. All time? This was – ah. You know what? I'm sticking with it. Hot take. Favorite dunk of all time. This was pre-Heatles, pre-Big Three. This was back when LeBron, still on the Cavs, versus the Miami Heat when D-Wade was the number one option. This I'm talking Jermaine O'Neal, Miami Heat. The Jermaine O'Neal, Miami Heat. The, the post, the punch in the face, pacer, Jermaine post. O'Neal? 100%. Damn. I am referencing when Dwayne Wade goes off on the fast break and throws it down in Verajao's face as he falls into the basket, feet in the air, steps over Verajao to the point that LeBron even has to look away and make a face. I think Verajao got concussed on the way back on that. But uh, let's listen to it real quick. Uh, a facial. Michael Beasley, everybody. Yeah, he's still, he was around. Now, for the listeners, they can't really read his lips. Well, what he's saying is welcome to Wade County. <laughs> so true, man. Honestly, great dunk. And, like, I don't think Anderson Barajal has been the same. Like, even though he sucked before, I think he, <laughs> like, sucked more after that. <laughs> Hasn't been the same since. Definitely not. I mean, great dunk. And honestly, probably the dunk that set LeBron over the edge. And was like, you know what? Like, I got to team up with this guy. <laughs> I've had enough of Verajo. I can't be having my buddies getting facialed by Dwayne Wade. Incredible. All right. Now, what do you got for your poster? My poster happened this week. Uh, it's from my boy, superstar Zach Levine, Slam Dog Champion. Not a big deal. Um, let's get into it. It was his 360 that happened against the Cavs. Uh, let's take a listen to it. Corner on it. Broke that up. Stolen by Zach. He's to take the line to the I mean, like, effortless. With ease. You're right effortless dunk and like what do you think of those jerseys by the way i like it I, i'm into all these the city editions yeah i, I kind of didn't like the next one this one I, i'm a, i'm like okay with yeah sometimes i try too hard yeah but i'm a fan all right all right dude you got anything else to add to the show i just want to say thanks to the listeners this is episode two thanks for sticking with us Hope you made it all the way through. And don't worry, we'll, we'll be back. We're coming. This is a thing. The Manhandle Podcast. This is a thing. Get used to it. We're going to be <laughs> blowing up all your social media feeds. We're coming for you. Just wait until the Facebook ads come up. Woo! <laughs> all right, Easy. Have a good night. You too.